devotional, which is not kind of my typical devotional, but I think these, this is kind of important to mention. Um, one of the things I learned in reading through the Old Testament is that God really did lay out a plan, a very specific uh, plan and a ritual for the people to follow. And in that, they were to do these things that we read about with these offerings and sacrifices. Um, they were doing those as God instructed them very specifically, even with the type of animal. And, and there were about five or six main offerings, which I'll mention, but there's three that I want to kind of touch on a little bit. However, that being said, Jesus, when Jesus came and he really, when John the Baptist said, behold the lamb of God, then we now can understand the lamb of God was the unblemished, perfect lamb that was required for the Passover. And then he also was the unblemished, perfect sacrifice for all of the offerings, especially the atonement offerings, the sin and the guilt offerings that are mentioned. Jesus took care of those. And then the other three that we read about and that, that the people are to do. Remember, these are people who have no training and I was, when I read through the Bible, I was so amazed at how God just had a purpose. I had to really understand that he had a purpose for everything. And that's what he does with us. And that when we look at the first three offerings that he had them do, we may not understand what it means today, but back then it was so important for them to do it. And even today, there's things that we might kind of take from this, even though we don't have to kill animals or get grain together. But I think it's kind of worth mentioning. So the first offering that we read about is the burnt offering. Now, the burnt offering is the one that when they came in to the tabernacle, that was on the bronze altar and I mentioned this last week, this was always something was burning on the bronze altar. Bronze was a metal that could handle the heat. So it wasn't silver or gold. It was bronze. And it was always busy. The priest would take the animal and the burnt offering was so that it kind of you know, when the people brought their animals, we know that later on it talks about how even the shedding of blood was forgiveness of sin. So when the animal died, there was an atonement as the blood was thrown on the altar. It represented forgiveness. But it also, there's an emphasis in the very beginning of the chapter, chapter that goes all the way back to the beginning of, of Leviticus, where the burnt offering actually underscores 
our prayers of petition and praise. So there was a purpose in the sacrifice of bringing their animal that they probably loved, you know, had to be a certain, a good animal. This wasn't one that was, had a broken leg or was the runt. This was the perfect. And that meant when they did that, it really did give the people freedom to pray that God would hear their prayers and accept their praise. It was an offering of praise. You can see it that way. Then the grain offering was the pleasing aroma. Now, even though the burnt offering as the meat of the animal would create the smell, um, and it does refer to parts of it as being that pleasing aroma, but it was the grain offering that had a mixture of flour and other elements, including, um, I think honey was mentioned. There's a type of incense. There were things mixed in with the grain offering and they would literally take a handful of the grain offering and throw it on the burnt altar, the altar of bronze. And that, what, that pleasing aroma up to, to God represented a emphasis on fellowship with the Lord. No, no, the second one. That's great. Oh, Alphamir's emphasis of the offering it accompanies, pleasing aroma. So the people that brought it. Okay. So whenever the grain offering was done, it was usually done in connection with the burnt offering a lot of times. So um, when you read about these offerings, they seem very complicated because they repeat the types of animals over and over and over. And we can miss the fact that they were done so that God could look at the people and receive their prayers and praise, and it would please the Lord, okay? And that grain offering added this sweet-smelling aroma from the incense and even honey. And the last offering that I want to talk about is the peace offering. And the peace offering was a fellowship. It led to a fellowship with the Lord by having a meal of communion. So when they would bring the animals and do the fellowship offering, and that whenever that would take place, the people would get together and kind of break bread, if you will. That, was, that represented a sweet fellowship with God. And sometimes they would do this in accordance with the families or people getting together to reunite in fellowship. And then the sin offering, the guilt offering, and there may have been one more that's listed. Jesus, we, we see more of Jesus in those because they were purely about sin and guilt atonement. and atonement to be forgiven. And then the last thing I want to mention, just as I was studying this, because there's a lot you can really dig into with the offerings, but look at the word offering. Now today, we don't need to go out and kill an animal to offer to God. As a matter of fact, that is an occultic activity to sacrifice anything to a, a God. But we give God our offerings and tithes 
in other ways, tithes and offerings. Um, there are things that we can do that represent offerings to the Lord. Praise and worship is an offering to the Lord. Um, we don't have to do these things, but it doesn't mean that we don't have our own ways of offerings. Having communion table is a form of fellowship. Breaking bread together just at a meal is fellowship. And then we say a, a blessing over the food as an offering of thanksgiving. So I just encourage you to maybe go back when you have time and for fun, look at the first three types of offerings and see how they could relate today. You might find other places in the Bible or other ways that we use the word offering. And just as a final interesting little trivia note, the very first burnt offering in the Bible is actually not in Leviticus, it's with Noah. When Noah came out of the ark, he built an altar and the clean birds were offered as a burnt offering and a sweet aroma, smelling aroma to the Lord. And that goes all the way back to Noah. Isn't that cool? And I think it's the words uh, sweet aroma or pleasing aroma comes from Noah. The Hebrew word Noah means. means has a form of pleasing aroma. So it was interesting study. It other means to rest yeah, in peace. And rest in peace and uh, something pleasing, else came yeah, out of it. It was kind of cool. So a pleasing aroma from our own offerings. It's kind of a good study and something that made me think, wow, this is cool. We don't have to do it this way, but it's great that we can do our own forms of offerings and praise to the Lord. You should look up the Noah passage. Uh, it's pretty cool. When, uh, in a commentary under when he came out of the ark and did the, the first offering. That's why he took the clean birds in there with him. And it's an interesting, um, his, his name came, uh, the connection of pleasing aroma is actually taken from Noah's name. It was the first time the Lord acknowledged the word pleasing aroma from Noah's uh, burnt offering of the clean birds. So pretty cool. 